Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Explore new revenue opportunities with Harvest Hosts. List your farm and connect with a community of more than 250,000 RVers eager to support small businesses. You only need to provide space for at least one RVer to stay overnight. In exchange, the RVers will patronize your farm. No hookups or RV services required. Ready to add 15K in extra revenue with minimal time investment? Visit us at harvesthosts.com today. Hey guys, Michael here with the Thriving Farmer Podcast. And in this episode, it's a little bit different. I don't have an intro because it's Savannah, my wife, and myself who will be going over our year in review. So one of the reasons we started the Farm on Central was to be able to give you guys, you know, feedback and um, support on what it actually takes to run a small organic farm. And our farm continues to change. Um, I think it's less of the farm every year of what we used to run back in New York um, and just different because of how we've kind of changed and scaled and what's working for our community. Because I think that's the biggest thing is we are in a very different market than we were, I mean, uh, 15 years ago when we started that farm, as well as just demographics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, again, a little bit about our farm. Our farm is an eight acre urban farm located within the city limits of Carlisle, Ohio, which is a city of 5,500 people located in the, uh, since Dayton Metro, which is North of Cincinnati, Ohio and Southwest Ohio. Um, there's about a million people within 45 minutes of us. Um, but we are also a very, I'd say we're Midwest. And what that comes with, which is, you know, the diets of the Midwest, um, the politics of the Midwest, the how people eat. Um, it's very blue collar. Very blue collar. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, too, is that like the trends take about a decade to come out here from like the East Coast. Yeah. Like microgreens are, you know, not a, still a huge thing or um, anyway, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. What people yeah. want is different. Yeah. What they're used to getting from farm stands or farmers is different. Okay, let's just break down what we got at that uh dinner the other night. What was that called? What? That that, that sausage Velveeta cheese mix thing. Oh hanky panky Polish surprise. It went by different names. It was yes. basically Velveeta cheese and sausage served on rye bread. Is that what that yes. was? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that was like the appetizer this this place was serving. <laughs> So <laughs> he's very down home, you know, because yes. the other part about this area is that a lot of, I mean, just our immediate area, a lot of people are from um, Appalachia. Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that they whole, love their tomatoes. The, that whole area. <laughs> they do love their tomatoes and their rhubarb and yeah. all that, which is wonderful. Great. Yeah. Just different. It is very different from yeah. where you were doing in upstate New York. Yeah. Which is very highbrow. Yeah. Which is, again, made our marketing, our, what we sell different. I think mm -hmm. as we kind of go through the different things that, you know, how the changes have happened this year, you'll kind of see, you know, how that reflects. And because again, one of the biggest things that I want to bring out here is our farm, again, is exists 
to be a sustainable farm. And the first uh, first tenet of always sustainability is going to be profit. Yeah. And so the farm has to be profitable. And this year, um, I don't think we'll show a profit, but the the reason for that is we've probably invested another probably sixty to seventy thousand dollars. We don't know the exact numbers till the books come out here, but another that amount of money into the farm business. We built the retail store, which was a huge aspect of our year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's increased our revenue substantially. Right. We've brought on some key hires, which again cost money, a lot mm-hmm. of time for training. Um, bought more equipment. We built new coolers. Uh, we built another greenhouse this spring. Mm-hmm although that was funded mostly by NRCS. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a, you know, it, we keep dumping money into this business because we know what the potential is and we are trying to set ourselves up for a low stress, long-term um, profitable production system. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you just- Emphasis st- on the low stress. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should I, probably emphasize that more. <laughs> yes, that, that's that's the goal. That's, that's a goal. <laughs> yes, although it yes, um, we are working that direction. <laughs> Still very stressful. It can be very stressful. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, obviously, I think the first thing to talk about is our store. Right, because previously we were running a self serve vegetable bus where people could just come in and out and. If they needed our help, they could ring this doorbell. And it was like the bus made money. It's not that it didn't. It was just kind of this drip um, Correct. that felt like a time suck sometimes. You know, yeah. how do you how do you stock it efficiently? How do you make sure everything stays on the bus? How do you do inventory in a self-serve system? You know, just all of these little challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And so and- you were really, really like we have got to get this store built. Well, yeah. And I think the the defining moment for me was I went on there in January and we had like a line of 12 people in January on the bus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh dear, we've really got to do something. So from that moment, we started working towards. You also had a conversation with, of some farmers who are up North here. They came and visited the farm. Yes. And he was like, when we built our store, we tripled our sales. Because I think they were doing a farm stand or like a self-serve kind of situation Correct. before that. Yeah. Um, and so that was really inspiring. Like, okay, we knew people were coming to the farm to shop. It was just. Yeah. yeah. They they literally, on their one day off, they came and visited us. Yeah. And really um, they, again, walked the farm, talked to me, talked about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like brainstormed for a little bit, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that was definitely a highlight last year, them popping in and just, you know giving us that vision of what we could do. Cause again, we were selling a lot mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, I forget what the actual numbers through the bus were last year. We are this year up 60 something percent, I think. Yeah. Um. So I think last year we were through the bus. I can pull that up here because I think it's worth talking about. And you really wanted to make sure the store was done before strawberry season because that's when it gets to the zoo. Well, and we have all the people who are here are once or twice a year. That's the time of year that they're here. Yeah. So if we could inspire them to come more than just in strawberry season, like, look, we have a store now. Although I think in one aspect, we probably (laughs) did. Um, Yeah, I think so too. But I think the other thing you learn is certain people only come for certain things. Sure. 
Um, I mean, we this year, I think, had more than a couple people that now start traveling multiple hours to visit the farm for organic strawberries. Right. We have people coming from Cleveland, people coming from Kentucky mm -hmm. um, because they're so hard to get. Right. Um, so let's, yeah, let's go back and look at these trends here. Last year, we were at about $220,000 and that was up 120% or 121% from the year before. Mm. But I mean, the year before we were only open part of the year because we started literally in May of that year, April of that year. Yeah. Um, so, and then this year, currently we're sitting right now at 350. Well, and last year too, after Thanksgiving, we decided to just go down to being open yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which helped consolidate that drip that Correct. was the yeah. bus. And it was a good move for that yeah. year. Well, but... last year we really struggled with some team too. So we lost some significant team in the fall, which mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, I think put us in a little bit of a depression spiral. Um, <laughs> Nobody likes us. <laughs> um, so that was a little bit I'm challenging, kidding. but um, yeah, but yeah. So um, we have definitely added to you know the sales have increased with the new store and again mm -hmm. going over the store the store we had an existing barn on site we just put in a you know, we ripped we out finished off one yeah, half of it we finished off one half of it put a bathroom mm -hmm. in put a septic not septic but a sewer system in mm -hmm. out to the sewer uh heated and air conditioned it mm -hmm. so we could actually sell chocolate things like that mm -hmm. brought in a display freezer another display cooler mm -hmm. um and then we've just been slowly adding a lot of other different products. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the goal, the, the, the initial spring thing was let's just get the place done, grinding uh -huh. the concrete, you yeah. know, all these things. We built that. And then it was, okay, now that we have the store, now start adding additional things. So mm -hmm. I think we started in the spring, like adding corn chips from somebody in Kentucky. Yeah. And, like a mustard. And yeah. And now coffee. we've gone till then we've added three different meat vendors, mm -hmm. dairy, additional dairy, um, everything like, you know, butter, even salmon. Now we're bringing in salmon from Alaska. Right. Yeah. We've got cream and heavy whipping cream and um, more wellness products. I think the wellness yeah. line too was big. Yeah. Because we're getting, I mean, we have our, more of our own wellness line and then also getting in the natural hope stuff. Yeah. So that has been, it's really interesting to kind of just see when you have the type of customers you have, you start looking at what other things are they buying? Mm -hmm. What are their requests? Like we just had a request for mushroom coffee the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, that's absolutely something we should be carrying because sure. our type of customers want that. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things I think we talk about in the upcoming summit is with Corinna Bench is it's easy to sell your existing customers something else. It's much easier to sell your existing customer something else than finding sure. a brand new customer. Sure. So instead yeah. of producing more strawberries, which we did this year, we did actually, I think we actually produced about the same amount, but we had a much longer season. So it felt more profitable. It was like the season that wouldn't end, but yes. we'll get there. <laughs> yes, we'll get there. That's on the list. Um, so yeah, we did add more, a lot more items to the store. I think we're probably like 250 SKUs now that yep. are actually in the store. Okay. Um, and then even to the point of we've added things like rolled oats and pasta mm -hmm. and sourdough bread. That's something we should talk about. It, yeah, that's, it is something I have on the list if you want to pull that back up. Okay. Well, we can pop down to that. You want to pop down to that one? Sure. Because um, I think that actually kind of is a good segue there. Well, I think 
because of the store, we have a better idea of what people actually want because A, we're able to have those conversations. We're able to just kind of watch the way people shop and yeah. and, and really see firsthand, you know. What they're buying. What they're buying. And it's consistently every week when we get an update of what the top sellers are, yeah. it's lettuce and it's sourdough. Well, yes. And so I think that's part of this. And then this is another part we'll jump into is we've done significant hiring this year mm -hmm. and brought in significant um, staff leads, mm -hmm. some fabulous, you know, people who are actually now, you know, instead of just the store being kind of an afterthought, mm -hmm. we now have a dedicated person that their sole job is to make the store better. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that's been great. And so part of that is the reports they give us and very easily looking at, oh, sourdough is something that is, you know, mm -hmm. very, very popular. Yeah. And it's something that we are buying and selling, um, but also yes. would like to expand. Well, know? yeah. So part of that thing, starting to bring that in, seeing how rapidly that took off mm -hmm. and then realizing, I mean, you do sourdough for us and you teach sourdough classes and the quality again it's okay it's fine sourdough but we feel like we could put our own unique spin on it do something mm -hmm. a little bit different yeah and that's why we're going to be bringing that into how in-house in 2024 yeah um and again we're also working with local um wheat purveyors too to be bringing right. in wheat now because i think that's really the thing that you know i teach people how to make sourdough using you know run-of-the-mill all-purpose flour and i think there's a there's a real gift for your family and your home there but the real food experience is if we're, you know, really paying attention to the kind of grains we're using and Correct. Um, making that a hyper local thing would be really fun. Yeah. And going back to some of these more ancient wheats. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Better quality wheats. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so sourdough, it obviously is a big thing for us. Um, and then we just realized if we're going to be baking sourdough, now that means we should be baking more things. <laughs> Not everybody would yeah. think that, but you do. <laughs> I think sourdough's a lot in them itself, but well, yes. But I just see you're gonna have me out there making croissants for the store. <laughs> well, not you, but he will be. <laughs> um, but okay, so let's break that down. Is you see this? So then, what's the next step? Um, well, we started doing the sourdough classes too. Yeah. And so those have really expanded. And yeah. Then we expanded that to an online course, which has mm -hmm. been successful as well. Um. And I mean, we had some classes selling out within, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. That's wild. Putting, um, putting the tickets out. Granted, there. there's only, you know, eight spots per class. So, yeah, but still, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, well, but I think I want to break this down for folks is again, we follow what people want. Mm -hmm. We also break down everything with a, how does it pencil out? Yeah. And so the sourdough class, okay. It's eight spots at $57 a ticket. That's about five hundred dollars for two hour class, so that you are making two hundred fifty dollars per hour while you teach that class. Now again, you have prep and all that kind of stuff. Sure, but it's a very good use of your time. Yeah. Instead of having you going out picking strawberries or picking lettuce or weeding carrots, you know, mm -hmm. that's a fifteen or twenty dollar an hour thing. You're doing the classes. Yeah. And again, we should maximize the classes because that's a lot of what people want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also did some classes at people's houses too. Yes, those were fun. Yeah. Um, so we actually did like a traveling. Really different vibe, but still really fun. Yeah. 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 Um, so we talked that. Let's dive back into the hiring processes because that in one aspect. Um, That's like an ever evolving. Correct. I mean, that just is like an ebb and flow. <laughs> it, I, I, I mean, I think we'll be honest that I'm not easy to work for. <laughs> 
Um, but we also uh, expect a lot out of people. Which can make it hard to work for. Yes. Yeah. And we pay well. Yeah. For our area and for, you know, so I think that is definitely something which um, we do have a little bit higher turnover because, and one aspect we kind of want higher turnover in the aspect that we only want the best working for us. We're really committed here. Sure. And so we don't tolerate um, underperformance sub. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that because we're a new business, we're still rapidly expanding, rapidly growing, rapidly changing and processes and things are changing. So because we don't have a lot of long-term staff, mm -hmm. that is something that you're not like a lot of times not here. It's not coming in and you're just going to do your job every day. There's mm -hmm. a lot of availability and some people just don't work well in that. Yeah. Um, being able to make, you know, they need to be able to make decisions in their department because again, things are changing. Right. You know, they'll adapt. Yeah. So I think there's that. Um, but again, we, I think one of the key parts this year was bringing on a really good office manager slash um, business kind of lead there who focuses on that side. And then mm -hmm. she's moved into HR mm -hmm. and really helped focus on uh, doing a good job of vetting, bringing new people in, try, mm -hmm. you know, trying people out to see how they fit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, again, we've made our mistakes. Sure. <laughs> There are plenty of people who could hop on this podcast and say the opposite of the things that we're saying. Yes. <laughs> they would gladly do it. But yes. I think that's just the way it goes. When you put yourself out there and you run a business and you lead something, like you're always going to have people who get mad or upset or didn't like the way they were treated. And that is something that we have lots of conversations about, you know, how do we uh, move forward even when people aren't a good fit without it being this you know personal yeah. attack or a personal there's nothing wrong or bad with you it's just not going to be a good fit here with us now yeah and that is just I, yes I think I mean obviously one aspect our family lives here so we're very careful about who we bring around our kids yes um, there's that aspect there's the aspect that um we want people to take personal responsibility and really want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to committed. Yes. And I think to some extent, especially in the farming space, you can get um a lot of idealism. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was a major there's problem. nothing wrong with being idealistic, but at the end of the day, especially with the way that we run our farm, things have to make sense and they have to be efficient and they need yes. to you know, make some money and like, because that is the yeah. first, like we, that is the sustainability that we're running our life on because it is the way we're running our life. Yeah. It's um, not all unicorns and rainbows, unfortunately. No, And we wouldn't even want unicorns and rainbows, but it's just not this. If you're starry eyed about farming, this isn't the farm for you. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and that's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we're here to produce food, feed our community, and we're going to be as efficient as possible around that. Yeah. Um, and organic too. Right? Mm -hmm. we were, we're definitely very committed to organic, but there's not a lot of wiggle room. No, there's not. But all of that to say the people that, you know, are willing to just show up and do the work and not, um, make it necessarily about some idea in their head, but like what is happening in front of them and just really trying to be flexible in the, in the building of this. Yeah. Like that, that is who we, we want and have. And yeah, and that's really good. And I think the biggest thing that's made been very of the people that have been successful here 
is they believe in the bigger vision. Mm -hmm. They understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. They are willing to work hard, but sweat that equity in because mm -hmm. a lot of times you do have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not, nothing's beneath them. I think that's definitely something which some people have struggled with that have moved along is they they complained about like they were out actually working. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's nothing against you guys. It's just what needs done. Right. And we're, right. I mean, we're all working. I mean, sometimes I'm out there weeding carrots or sure. packing bags. Um, yeah. But other times I have to be inside doing what Michael has to do. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So again, bringing on the team has been a huge step up. I mean, mm -hmm. we filled out our org chart and that's something that we, again, were very intentional about is last year we created an org chart the key positions, mm -hmm. and we've been working towards filling those key positions in. And I think we've been a lot better about doing reviews and checking in with people uh -huh. um, and really trying to take the feedback. Not that we were ever against people's feedback because there's nothing about yeah. you that isn't open to feedback. Um, but I just think we've been better about that. And that is in part because of the position of having a business manager, office manager, yeah. HR person to really just kind of spearhead and be like, yep, we have to have this meeting today with yeah. this person. You know? So again, a little case in point there, like yesterday we had a review with a new team member who we love and some of the feedback they gave was, hey, this particular thing that I'm doing, I didn't understand why I'm doing it. Right. And we're like, oh, oh yeah. So this is how that gets used. This is why we have you do it. Mm -hmm. So the feedback was for her. So now she actually can do a better job doing that because she understands and now we've actually updated the employee manual mm. so that is in there exactly why they're doing that yeah so that when we hire a new person then that's, that's key right there yeah yeah ready to take your vegetable farming to the next level the thriving farmer vegetable summit happening live from january 11th to 14th is your gateway to agricultural excellence whether you're balancing farm and family life looking to ditch the nine to five or aiming to double your yields, this summit has you covered. Engage with over 27 farming experts on topics from innovative marketing to maximizing space and fertility. Transform your backyard into a food haven and join a community passionate about sustainable farming. It's more than a summit, it's a movement. Sign up for your free virtual ticket at farmsummits.com and be part of the change. All right, let's just bump back to strawberry season. So strawberry season this year was good, we didn't get the same yields as we did last year. So we were looking at lower yields. Insane because strawberry season this year started in the middle of May, well, early. May 9th. Yeah, May 9th. And then we were still picking strawberries in June. In like towards the end of June. Yes. Yeah. It, I, we were I, solid eight weeks. It was, yes. I literally was just like, can we be done now? Yeah. <laughs> but they were still there. Over. So, and it was like, oh, yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, a couple of things go into that. I mean, we're again, one, again, why I'm sitting inside in the office sometimes is because mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how do I grow better strawberries. Sure. And that is one of the things that we have been moving towards is trying to figure out a longer season. So mm -hmm. part of that was being able to produce a much longer season. Mm -hmm. um, you trialed a bunch of different strawberries this year. Yes. We did like eight or 12. Yeah. And there was a Sunday where we literally all just went out mm -hmm. and blind taste tested strawberries until we were sick of strawberries. Poor us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we have the pictures of all of us, you know, covered in <laughs> strawberry juice. We're like in our jammies. <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, but um, 
that was important. Unfortunately, the strawberry tip season this year, this fall was very challenging. So unfortunately we didn't get some of the varieties we wanted, Yeah. Um, but at least we got varieties and we did not get damaged tips because actually a fair amount of people got da some damaged tips and actually have a very poor strawberry season this coming year. Ooh, yeah. But we at least got good plants in the ground. Um, we can learn more. So we're <laughs> going to do an even a better job next year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're actually, actually today, the crew is out weeding strawberries. That's actually yeah. what the crew is out there today. Some of our- Freezing their hands off. Yeah, seasonal help yeah. <laughs> um, is, you know, came in over Christmas break. Um, so yeah, that, so yeah, extending the season, we tried a couple of different growing techniques. And so that gave us that, you know, that eight week. And again, the beautiful thing about that is yes, we didn't have the record yields we had last year of just massive quantities of strawberries. But because we had eight weeks of strawberry picking, we were able to bring customers out for that long, that amount of pulling people in because mm -hmm. we know fruit pulls people in. And so this coming season, we'll have strawberries, then we'll move into blackberries, and then we'll move into uh, raspberries and blueberries. Mm -hmm. um, we have rhubarb this year, which we will fully harvest this year as well. Mm -hmm. So we're working hard to give us that entire season long of fruit, which is okay. again, what is a massive attraction for people. And it'll all be you pick the Correct. blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries. I mean, strawberries are already yes. you pick. Yeah. So we're, again, we'll probably be putting some in the store, <laughs> but the goal is again, it's that the customers will be doing the work. Yeah. And um, again, it's organic fruit. So it does command a, a really nice price premium. And it's delicious. Yes. Yes. We were able to get some blackberries last year, uh, just like literally a few handfuls, mm -hmm. and they were really good. And well, the raspberries this this late summer, oh, yes. early fall. I mean, those were yes. really fantastic. Well, they were good. Yeah, they weren't as good as they could have been, which I actually think is the next thing we need to go over is the... Um, Soil and water testing and amendments. Yes, yes. So <laughs> That was this, like a big deal. That was a big deal. This was the year that made Michael feel like he was a baby farmer again. So and <laughs> it's, it's definitely something that... You Humility. Know, I, actually, yesterday I was talking to Andre because we were doing the, the presentation for the summit coming in January. And... Andre said something about like the first year of your farming is always the easiest mm -hmm. and then it gets hard. And I absolutely agree with him. Yeah. But um, to go back to, you know, our farm here, we're an eight acre urban farm. We're on one of the largest aquifers in the nation, the fifth largest aquifer in the nation. And that's one of the reasons we selected this property is it had lots of water. Back in New York, we had very little water. We struggled for every gallon we got. Mm. Um, the nice thing about that water is that was very clean water. The water down here has um, a lot, a lot of challenges. We've got um, aluminum, we've got fluoride, we've got high, I think even some high iron um, and a lot of bicarbonate in there. So what that means is that, especially with greenhouses, every time we're irrigating, we're actually applying more poison to the soil. Mm. Um, and so it really came to head this year when we were just, some of the crops just really looked like they were struggling and we could see signs of salts and we're like this is only year three we really shouldn't see signs of salts until year eight or nine so we started running some some tests uh, we started moving to doing sap tests and the beautiful thing about sap tests is they take old leaves and new leaves so not only do you see what's happening in the um the plant like if you do just a regular leaf test or tissue test you get what's in the plant this actually gives you um, what's in the plant as well as what direction it's moving. So you can see if your nitrogen is trending the right direction or mm -hmm. going the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, but immediately the test came back and like the consultants called and they were like, okay, we've 
what's going on in your soil because you've got some challenges. So the first thing they asked was a water sample. So we sent a water sample in. And then we started sending soil samples in. And actually I got on the call with one of the consultants. This was early in him working with us. So he really wasn't familiar a lot with what was going on. He's like, I'm surprised, like he shouldn't be able to have anything growing in that greenhouse is what he said to me. He said, these are numbers are so far out of whack. I don't even know how anything's growing. And I was like, well, there actually is a crop of tomatoes in there. <laughs> um, and actually, you know, until four weeks ago, it was literally looking like it was on death's door until we started doing, you know, the um, amendments and uh, the foliars. And so now what we've moved to is we've moved to amending our water that comes onto the farm um, is getting a, a pretty big dose of um, a bunch of different amendments in the water. And then we're actually frequently doing two X a week sprays um, to make sure that the plants are getting the right nutrients. Um, so whereas we've used to be putting on, let's say maybe like a ton of chicken compost every single year per acre, now we've gone to very small amounts of um, a lot higher priced amendments but we're seeing way better results. Um, so I don't know, we'll ever be like easy farming here just because again, with the amount of water we're having and the quantities in the water is really challenging, but we've definitely gone back from this brink of wondering if we could ever grow anything on the property. <laughs> um, and we'll be, you know, our goal is to start actually using all the rainwater off the farm too. So the goal is to start trapping all the rainwater from the tunnels and from the barn and to go ahead and uh, start using that in the greenhouses, which should, again, that's clean water. It's very pure. It's not going to have these salts in there and hopefully help flush it down. Have we, you've looked at like the filters or pure, you Correct. know, yeah. all these different kinds of. So yeah, filters. we did look at RO systems and unfortunately the RO system that would be big enough for our farm was going to be about a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So it wasn't economical. Right. Would not have been economical. So right now we're working with the what we're working with and we'll be reassessing it. I mean, we may look at other problem things out there, um, you know, maybe looking at, you know, structuring the water differently or something like that, which may will help to drop some of these out, maybe a massive bio, um, biochar filter, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So we'll be looking at some of this stuff. Um, but again, it's, it's been a massive challenge for us. And I would say it's eaten up probably a good 10 to 12 hours of my time every week. Sure. I believe that. Yeah. Um, but thankfully right now we do have someone that does all our spraying. Mm -hmm. And um, so who's really taking that over? So as long as I can, you know, interpret the tests and get the list of what he needs to apply, mm -hmm. he actually does that work now. Yeah. And he actually does the sample. Oh, that's nice. Which has been helpful. Yeah. What else do we want to go for? I think talk about the wellness line too. Yeah, we've got that. And then the new space and yeah. then the leasing of the... Yeah. All right. So let's dive into our wellness line. So one of the big things with our farm is we're always looking for um, items and crops that we, their long-term viability. So let's take a look at this. Like say a melon, you grow a melon, you know, the birds can eat the melon. You pull the melon out of the field. It's a shelf life of maybe seven days and you're done. Yeah. And it takes a lot of space. So, you know, with a couple of things that we focus on is obviously we do the elderberries and willows and that's something which has like a three month shelf time. And actually like right now people are pre-ordering, like mm -hmm. we have like the other day, just a, a massive order came in. And um, so people are buying those year round mm -hmm. and then we just ship those one time a year. So that actually has been um, quite helpful for us. And to the point that we're now bringing in multiple other vendors to kind of help us fill the, mm -hmm. fill the demand. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what we've done at the elderberry, but we've also done the farmstead wellness line, which we grow 80% of everything that's in the bottle and uh, work with now a farmer that does local apple cider vinegar and then put all that into um, our fire cider line and, and like salves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that line has continued to grow. We, I think the biggest problem is we haven't had the time to input the time and marketing into that. Right. I think that's our biggest thing. I mean, like Folly Face now carries your product, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would like to pick up, you know, another 10 or 15 people that carry that product. Yeah. And I think one of the problems there too, is we haven't been able to super well market it because it's not certified. It's yet. not certified. Right. Yeah. We don't make that a certified kitchen. So we're right. making that under our PMA. And again, Polyface, bless them, are definitely willing to be a little renegade and, and, and sell that in their store. And um, I mean, we do sell a fair amount through online and then at shows and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But I think, you know, once we have the new certified kitchen done, um, then we'll be able to do much more uh, uh, basically a marketing selling, yes. getting into stores. Cause there's some, there's a few wellness um, stores around us that I would love to get us in that wellness lounge yeah. in Lebanon, you know, maybe even the health food store, because once it's uh, certified, it's shelf stable. So yeah. You know, yeah. It's got a good long shelf life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the, that's kind of when the thing on that is, and we keep looking for certified kitchens. Um, it's just, we never found something that was the right fit mm-hmm. and then we're going to do our own. And that always takes longer than you think. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we're still in the process for that. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of like goes into our next phase of like building because mm-hmm. anyway, we had this spring, we put the store in and then when we saw the so growth from that. is one big project a year. <laughs> you're kind of skirting the line because you did a store in the spring and now you're doing this in the yeah. winter. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it'll, <laughs> it'll cross the year. So kind of it's, you know, it's kind of 20, it'll be finished in 2024. Yeah, so we're going to count it for 2024. So no no more big things. 2024 has been tapped into. <laughs> yes. Um, but what we've done, so again, we built the store. We realized just how much demand there was and kind of like, we were stepping on top of each other to the point that we started scheduling people for different shifts because we like, we literally didn't have space for people to work. Right. It's like, you can make this on this day and then you can watch this. Yes. And that just doesn't, that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we realized we needed more space. Um, and we figured, I mean, we could go out for a loan for that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's definitely places that called us about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we wanted to do was fund this from our community. Mm-hmm. Um, crowdfunding. And um, uh, we're probably based on where we are. There's been, you know, ups and downs. Um, <laughs> definitely. Because we had at one point, we had one person that wanted to fund the whole thing. And um, so <laughs> that was a red, that was like, well, I don't know about yeah. that. <laughs> so anyway, um, but I mean, we did cash flow this springs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were pretty, you know, cause we actually had this spring, someone said they wanted to support the whole thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then thankfully we never dealt with them because that would have been a massive issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. that how that relationship, you know, <laughs> it would have, it just wasn't a fit. It was all meant to be, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, but what we've done now, so we went ahead and put together a pretty big crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. um, to raise $80,000. Um, for a combination of like three things. If you go to our website, guys, farmandcentral.com, you can see the crowdfunding page we put together. Um, And what the crowdfunding is for is a community engagement space. Mm -hmm. So play area for the kids, uh, picnic tables, place for people to come and connect and just, um, you know, talk. Um, Because we realize as the store increases, there's things there people 
want to buy mm-hmm. that they want to eat on site. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have that space for that. Right. I mean, like the slushies. Right. I think that is like probably one of the most profitable products we had <laughs> in 2024, 23 was our strawberry slushies. Yeah. And so having a space for people to take their slushies and sit and drink them before yeah. they get in the car, especially if they have younger children, uh-huh. you know, I don't want to slushy spill in my van either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. All that sugar. Um, <laughs> granted. And yeah, so what we did with the slushies is very clean ingredients. It's, you know, lemonade, which was lemons, um, organic lemonade, organic lemonade, mm-hmm. sugar, you know, so it's very clean lemonade mm-hmm. and then literally our strawberries. Mm-hmm. And that's what this in the slushy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, our seconds, our strawberry seconds. Yes. That we so yeah, so we so actually anyway. made more money on our strawberry seconds this year than we did our firsts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I think we still have a little bit of puree left. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a yeah. Maybe we tried a couple different things. We tried blueberry lavender. We tried we all peach, peach, which did well, didn't do great. It was hard to. But peach, it, the peach yeah. was mostly because we just had a lot of peaches go bad. Correct. Yeah. So. We just were using up. 2024, 2023 was a very challenging peach year. So um, fruit was not thriving. Yes. yes. Still not. <laughs> yeah. So like right now we can't get our citrus. Right. And last year we did very well in December and January yeah. with citrus. citrus yeah. So we can't, because again, I'm with what our story is, we don't want to just go get the organic citrus that we can get through a wholesaler. We want to be able to connect to a farm, tell mm-hmm. a story, and bring in something that's very unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did last year. We had fabulous citrus. That was stuff very was good. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, they had a massive issue. Yeah. Um, so we weren't able to get that. Right. Um, so again, kind of the backup, the forward. So we realized you know, the community engagement area, mm-hmm. we knew we needed more workspace for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built a new, we're building a new pack and wash. Um, and then we need the certified kitchen. Right. And so, and then with all that too, is partially is that is a um, shipping and receiving area as well. Yeah. And maybe some office space. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's all part of kind of the expansion. I mean, like today we are trying to figure out how to, you know, slice the concrete so that we can put in a new drain. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're working through that and I probably will still be continuing this in the 2024. Yeah. Um, but we've probably about a third, at least a third fundraised, mm-hmm. uh, crowdfunded. Yeah. Um, a big part of that was actually a $20,000 donation, which mm-hmm. we actually got, um, for this, uh, which again, getting that because we're 508C1A, 501C3. Anyway, <laughs> I get these numbers mixed up. Um, <laughs> people wanted to donate, they wanted to donate to an actual 501. Yeah. And so what we ended up working with for that is we basically, and this is very interesting because anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. Any for-profit business could do this, is set up a fund. And we went through a, a local foundation. So mm-hmm. basically it's called the Warren County Foundation. And they set up the Farm on Central Community Development Fund. Mm-hmm. And we'll be using the monies in that fund to help uh, do the community engagement area, mm-hmm. to fund that, and then to basically also pay for tickets for people for education mm-hmm. so that we can um, do more classes and, and mm-hmm. do cheaper tickets. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, we have to be careful what we use that for. We can't use that money to go on vacation or, you know. You, <laughs> you know. go on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but again, again, it's not just free money as it no. was. There's a no. lot of, you know, parameters around Absolutely. that. You know, the Warren County Foundation checks up on us and all of sure. that. Yeah. But um, again, that was a significant 
significant way for us to expand our reach. Yeah. And yeah. Um, will be super helpful. Yes. And to do more than I think what we thought originally we could do. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, first of all, we've had that big donation. We've also had some investments. We did a 5% term loan with that. So we've had a number of people do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then some other donations. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the simplest thing we did was, you know, come buy gift cards from the farm. Yeah. Um, and pay with cash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we stressed that. Little things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because again, 2020, I looked a month ago. I didn't look recently, but as of a month ago, I think we'd spent $6,000 in credit card fees. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's a cost of doing business Absolutely. You know, because the farm will do, you know, fair amount of revenue this year, mm -hmm. but it's also a cost that we, you know, if we can eliminate it, we would. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So what is kind of wrapping up here? Mm, did you want to talk anything about the leasing of the land? Oh yeah. I mean, that's just something we've been looking for for a couple of years now is we signed about a month ago, a eight year lease. That renews every two years. So it's a rolling lease for um, five acres of land um, with water. Mm -hmm. And about you know, four minutes away. About five four minutes, minutes away. Yeah. yeah. So that was a huge thing for us because of we were tapped out on this property mm -hmm. and we are struggling heavily with winter annual weeds. So mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is that will allow us to now stretch our our um, rotation out far enough that we can get ahead of these winter annuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do a because what we'll be able to do over there is a couple years of cover cropping, getting rid of the you know chickweed, the hen bit, all those winter annuals, mm -hmm. and then move strawberries over there. So we'll be able to give our land here on the farm a oh, rest. Oh, break, yeah, yeah. So that was huge. Mm -hmm. um, that cost us, you know, that was more a lot more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, even though it's a lease, we had to kind of like buy the previous farmer out um, for him to vacate. Um, but it's good ground and a really great landlord. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting because like we've been talking about that for years mm -hmm. and it's, we had to go ask the guy. Mm -hmm. It's not like he saw that we were talking about it and be like, oh yeah, I got land. Mm -hmm. We had to actually ask him and he was like, well, let's have a conversation. Right. And then that conversation turned into another conversation, which turned into, you know, right. being able to lease that land. But we had a relationship with him before yeah with something unrelated correct so it's just interesting how things build <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. So. and to that point to wrap up <laughs> i think 2023 despite its challenges because it was challenging um, yeah has really been while i'm hesitant to say it i feel a lot more hopeful about the way 2023 i'm sorry 2024 is going to look yeah as opposed to this time last year, I wasn't really sure what <laughs> this year was going to look like. And yes, I think you and I both were just kind of like, dear God, what have we done? Can we get off the treadmill? <laughs> can we, can we stop now? Can we, but I mean, that's just kind of the plight of farming. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you want to stop. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think you're right that, you know, it was a challenging year. We made a lot of changes, a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. We we spent a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, but I think we are in. You know, we are setting ourselves up. The twenty twenty four should be way more seamless. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. because we have a lot of the, a lot of the farms should run on autopilot in one aspect mm -hmm. that it should just be able to run. Yeah, that it will free up our time to really be able to um, focus on the growth. Yeah. And so we'll be yeah. able to just see some major in, 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 um, improvements and expansions. Yeah. I think that um, 2023 really helped us just kind of settle here. Like, uh -huh. it, I think 
we just were like, okay, if it's within our power and our dominion and our control, we're going to really invest a lot of our energy in those things, as opposed to trying to like grasp at other uh, things we could do. Yeah, I think, right. Because there's so many things we could do. Yeah. But what can we actually have the most say in? It's what we do here. And so that's why we spent yeah. so much money into the farm and really making it one happen. point, we were going to take the bus and travel around. Oh, we were going to do all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. We like, we had the online farmer's market. We cut that back substantially. Right. Right. We just cut out a lot of the, the fluff. And, um, you know, like our CSA hasn't grown in the way that we've wanted to, but I think the people who are in our CSA are really happy to be our CSA yes. members. And with the store, I think that just enlivened um, their experience, even though it's not as big as we would like it to be. Correct. It's just one of those things that. And I think that's something in we're always speaking. We are, we definitely did a bunch of surveys. And so we will be, I'll be probably bringing in an outside consultant. Mm-hmm to go in detail with our entire CSA program, look it over mm-hmm. and and then go after and mark a plan to actually like explode it. Yeah. So, cause I'd like to be about 200 members. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's totally doable. And there's definitely enough people in the area. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, all right, folks. Well, that's a wrap. That's kind of our year in review. We kind of just like to, you know, share what's going on and give you a little bit of a hope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you're like, no, this is not what I signed up for. Um, but I think we generally do enjoy what we do here. Um, <laughs> you're like, speak for yourself. Um, yeah, we enjoy it. I think that it's interesting. Somebody was saying, I don't remember what we were talking about, but it was like, we don't go anywhere. We're home all the time. You and I are home all the time. We're here all the time. Yeah. And so there is a part of, that that can sometimes feel a little suffocating, I suppose. I think especially for you, you like to go out and do things, experience things. But I think we are building a life that we think is really valuable and important in spite of its challenges. And so even though sometimes you and I are just like banging our heads against a wall some nights and we don't yeah. really want to do it anymore, we believe in what we're doing. And so Yeah, because we are changing how our community eats. That's the exciting part. We're changing the way people think about where their food comes from. We're changing the way people are just making connections. And and it's like I've always thought of us as the middle of a wheel, you know, and there's just spokes going out. And so, you know, we're just kind of emphasizing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're right. Right now we're in the season of we're here. We're not going to place We're you know, we've got three young kids. They don't need to go all the sorts of places. We've gone to the zoo a lot this year. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Brian and Joan for zoo passes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, that, and I think, you know, it's interesting because our taxes came back and like two weeks later, you got a letter in the mail saying, Hey, you can have Medicaid or something like that. I did. Yes. I threw it away. Um, (laughs) Um, whatever the one is, like, you know, if you make under certain revenue. Oh, 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 oh gotcha. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. That you I could get assistance. For the kids. Gotcha. Basically, that it was. Gotcha. But, you know, it's one of those things, like, we run multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. A lot passes through those businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, because even like our house, you know, the, we have, you know, we have the mortgage, but the farm pays part of that mortgage. And then my other company pays another part of that mortgage because mm-hmm. it rents the, the part of the house from us. Mm-hmm. 
um, even the basement, you know, it's full of fire cider and all these <laughs> other things. So like yeah. we rent, we that Razors. Can, yes, that can be rented out. Yeah. So again, we're right now, you know, big investment, a lot going into this, but I think we're building something really cool and it's growing really fast. I think that's very interesting. I think a common comment mm -hmm. that we keep getting when people come visit is like, when did you guys start again? Everybody asks that. Everybody's yeah. like only in 2020, but that's the thing of, I mean, a, that's how you run. Things. Yes, you're not. Need, need, got time. <laughs> we're not like slow to make decisions or implement things, but I think that the benefit of you having been so immersed in this world previously, there's not a lot of like hemming and hawing. You have the network, you have the people you need to contact if you need to figure something out to make something happen, right. and you know what you want. Yeah. In a we'll lot make of big changes. Ways. We don't not be afraid to make changes and say, well, that didn't work. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that's going back to like designing the wash and pack. We mm -hmm. had a design, we ordered the trusses. Then I called Paul Arnold and said, Paul, this is my final design. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And one of his biggest advice was you ordered the wrong trusses. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> so what we ended up doing is I called the place. They couldn't reorder the trusses because they're already been in production. Um, we were able to adapt them. It wasn't anything like major, mm -hmm. but what we wanted was a, a larger <clears throat> overhang. Gotcha. We wanted a four foot instead of a two foot. Yeah. And so I worked with our builders uh, and basically we spent the money to put the extra foot too. And I'm so glad we did. Yeah. It's made a massive difference just in how useful the building will be. Yeah. Um, so again, we we're just not afraid to do things and <laughs> figure it out if the thing we did wasn't actually what we wanted to do. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right, there you go, folks. Um, Stay tuned for next year. <laughs> yes, All right, and come visit us in the meantime. Yes, it's been amazing, actually, how many people have stopped by this year, you know, just yeah, driving through. I want to see what's going on. And we're like, there's really not that much to show you, but feel free. <laughs> I think it's interesting. People yeah. think it's interesting. Yeah. I would think it's interesting if I showed up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing what? <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Uh, and this I got a Merry Christmas because I don't, I think we might have one more episode before the end of the year. Oh. Um, but uh yes, this is I guess well probably this is gonna air after Christmas, so this will be the New Year episode. Oh, okay. But yes, happy new year, Merry Christmas, and yeah. belated Merry Christmas, and uh thanks for being part of our community. Yeah. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.